Welcome to the Insider's Guide to Finance, where we dive into stories from the front lines of financing public and private companies. I host seasoned CEOs, fund managers, bankers, brokers, and business experts who will answer your questions about how to properly engage investors, finance opportunities, and build outstanding success stories. We dig into the educational how-tos and mechanics of structuring good deals. You'll also hear about strokes of luck, tense negotiations, and the pressures of closing, while also getting insights on how to best navigate the public markets. In this interview, I connected with Jay Martin of Cambridge House. He and his team produced a number of events focused on connecting investors with small cap companies or small cap issuers. These include CanTech, the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference, and Extraordinary Future Conference. Now, by no means is this an infomercial for Jay's conferences. Instead, it's an interesting look into a very valuable part of an investor engagement strategy. You'll hear about some of the companies that really stuck out or do stick out when they participate at the conferences Jay holds. As well, we're going to get into some of the experiences that Jay's had booking speakers. For example, I was amazed when he started telling me about Edward Snowden, who he engaged as a speaker a few years back. I often think that conferences are an underappreciated medium for engaging investors. It's not that we don't know that we should be at them. It's that we miss the mark in how best to make the most of them. Jay talks about how you can maximize your conference investment, including both the pre-game and post-game strategies. When you're going to drop thousands of dollars on attending a conference, it's really worthwhile listening to the strategies Jay puts forward to make sure you get the most out of your investment. On the line, I have Jay Martin from Cambridge House. Uh, Jay, thanks so much for making the time. The the work you do with Cambridge House and uh, where you're taking that company, um, I'd love to hear about that and hear an elevator pitch about uh, what you're doing. Sure, yeah, and thank you for having me on, Corey. Uh, so Cambridge House is an investment conference company, and we host events all over North America. Our purpose is to connect companies with capital. And we do this uh, through a variety of ways, but the major mechanism is the conference business. So we presently organize events in Vancouver, Toronto, San Francisco, and Vegas. And uh, yeah, we put about 25,000 investors through events every year. We, we showcase about 600 small cap, largely Canadian small cap companies. And um, it's a ton of fun. Yeah, no kidding. I mean, it's, it's, it's such an interesting thing to put on these events and bring so many people together, including the ones who have uh, a lot of, you know, our, our industry titans, if you will. Um, what's that look like? I mean, you're, you're just not doing regular events. What are the events from Cambridge House? And you're taking a, a different slant at these. Can you tell us about those? Yeah, sure. So really, it's, you know, it's our role to gather everybody from the ecosystem and put them under one roof for two days. And my, like the analogy we use or the, the pitch we use is, you know, you could knock off eight, months of productivity in a two-day period if we've done our job because everybody you could ever want to talk to is at the show. And that can be media, analysts, bankers, retail guys, um, you know, companies looking for acquisition targets or looking to be acquired. You know, it's our role to put everybody at the table. And, um, you know, there's really like three facets to our show. And when you walk into a Cambridge S conference, it's like walking into a marketplace, right? There's aisles of, of trade show exhibitors. These are issuers looking to raise capital or just communicate their message to new or prospective or existing shareholders. Um, and that's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure. As an investor, you can walk in and go left, go right, talk to the companies you want to talk to. I think it's 
one of the most valuable ways of doing diligence. You know, these are small companies in the small cap space. That's what we work with. And talking to the CEOs and the management teams is hyper important. Um, and, uh, you know, at every show, we have a, a series of workshops and speaker halls, streaming content all day long. You know, we put some sort of mainstream uh, higher level topics in the speaker hall and some, some heavy keynotes. And, and anybody who's got a great track record of either picking stocks, forecasting trends, they're a serially successful CEO that I want to hear from. Um, maybe just some financial media celebrity, or they bridge the gap between between the markets and uh, you know um, you know a mainstream headline. Somebody like we've had people like Edward Snowden come and speak, and he's never going to talk about small cap, but he's really interesting when it comes to privacy, and that's a big topic right now. And that's a fascinating speaker. Yeah, he was. You know, booking Snowden was. We booked a lot of keynotes over the years, like thousands, and and um, so when we booked Snowden, we uh, got a contact from a friend of mine who knew one of his lawyers and he's got a school of lawyers. And, um, you know, every time we connected with his team in the six months leading up to the event, it was always a new Skype handle, new instructions uh, to get through to him. We never actually got to talk to, to Edward Snowden until the day of the show. And so there was probably more anxiety with that one keynote than anybody else we've ever booked because, you know, you set this up, you send a, a very large check away to this, uh, you know, to whoever, but we don't know until, you know, five minutes prior to the keynote, I hit the Skype button and thankfully his head pops up and there he is. What um, an interesting, what an interesting engagement. I mean, uh, I, I'm assuming that he was not in person. He would, uh, he would have done it from his whereabouts yeah, in the world. That's right. Yeah. He, he was in Moscow. So he Skyped in. Um, and that's, that's how he does it. You know, he's, he's, he's smart. He's booking, you know, one or two events per day right now where he was, you know, we booked him two years ago. Uh, and he was very busy. Uh, his ticket's not, not small. And I think he's, you know, he's building up a war chest. He knows he's going to need it. A very impactful presentation. He's, you know, he's incredibly smart and he could lose us all down a rabbit hole on every question we asked him, but he didn't, you know, he stayed quite high level and, and understood he was talking to an audience that was interested in investing in Canadian technology. And so he kept on tying back to products like BlackBerry and, and relevant, um, pieces of news. Um, and you know, when we wrapped up, it was Bruce Croxon from the Dragon's Den who, who held that Q&A. And his final question was, uh, he's like, so my kids just watched your movie. This is right after the, the Hollywood flick just came out. And he said, you know, now they're very worried about you. Like, this is the final days of the Obama presidency. He's offering a bunch of pardons. Are you expecting that phone call? And he got very somber and said, look, I made my decision. I'm never going to get that phone call. Uh, this story has a bad ending for me. I know that, but I'm happy with the decision I made. And the whole room just, you could feel the weight, you know, of, of his words. And No yeah. kidding. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Keynote for sure. Wow. Now, the purpose of the podcast, the purpose of the interviews that I'm doing here is to help small cap CEOs of, of public and pre-public companies maximize their, their work in uh, engaging the market. Uh, and conferences are part of this. I want to get back to that because I know you've got some great intel there about how companies can make the most out of uh, working with or investing in your events. That said, um, what other guests have you brought on? And I mean, there has to be some other stories you hear out there like like Snowden. I mean, that that carried some weight. Yeah, there's there's really two types of keynotes that can carry the show. You know, we always... We always have a stable, I don't want to call it a stable, but like a, a selection of, 
of niche industry small cap speakers who who are picking stocks or talking about trends and and they're you know really in the weeds but every conference needs to have a few features and there's there's kind of two kinds Corey, that we can pick from and then the first would be somebody like snowden where he's an international celebrity um you know costs a, a fair amount of cash uh people know who he is he's never going to his story is never going to directly relate to the small cap space. He's never going to recommend, you know, uh, a stock or even an industry to look at from an investment perspective. Um, but they turn heads, right? And in the past, we've had people like when we first launched our our CanTech Investment Conference in Toronto, and this was in 2013. Um, you know, back then it's, it's hard to imagine today, but there really wasn't a tech sector in Canada that anybody in the public markets was investing in. This is before cannabis. To be honest, you know, and and we we decided to, to take to take a crack at it. And in 2013, that the big face that kind of tied Canadian technology to the mainstream was Commander Chris Hadfield of the International Space Station. And so, of course, we'll, we'll bring in people like that because they're they're exciting and they're they're headline makers, and and people want to hear from them. Um, but uh, you know, what's far more exciting to me is finding the people that aren't. They're, they're kind of bridging that fringe to famous, right? They're on, on a, you know, working in an industry that hasn't quite hit headlines yet, but it may in the next 12, 18 months. Um, and we look for people that, that, that are aligned there, you know, and, and, um, and, you know, presently that would be, we're looking at, you know, maybe 12 months ago, we were looking very hard at the esports space, having a feeling that was going to pop. We had a feeling people were going to really want access and, and people didn't know much about it. The scale and the, the numbers in that sector are just bananas. Um, and so we'll look for people who are just leading the charge in these emerging sectors and they're easier to get access to, um, generally uh, more flexible to work with, far lesser known. So you, you don't get the ticket sales often, but but uh, and from a concert perspective, that's who I want to hear from, right? We're hosting a lot of concert right now in these kind of like fringe emerging sectors, everything from... Uh, you know, quantum computing through to like psychedelic uh, therapies for for uh, mental health issues. There's there's some really cool stuff happening. That's right, and you know, it makes me think that the work you do, you have to the same way picking stocks and picking industries or sectors to to be investing in. You've got to keep your eye out there for trends, and yeah. uh, that's what struck me when I started looking into the events you do. And let's let's talk about the events right after this, but. For example, looking at psychedelics and what's happening there or or taking a bet on the, the e-gaming space and investing in what should become, a, I would assume, a, um, you know, an ongoing event. Uh, you're making bets the, the same way stock pickers are. Yeah, and you can get hung out to dry with, with that stuff, you know. Um, you know, psychedelics is a great example, right? We're a, we're a small cap investment company, you know. Uh, we showcase prime opportunities to retail and institutional investors, and we help small cap companies connect with capital. And so when we build a feature around uh, psychedelic plant medicine, you know, when I assemble something like this, you never know if you're going to get completely hung out to dry and people are going to think, what the, you know, what are they thinking at Cambridge House these days? Um, but sometimes you win, you know, and, and uh, psychedelics ended up being, we had a, a big feature last September in Vancouver. We, we hired this speaker named Hamilton Morris. He's got a program on Viceland called Hamilton's Pharmacopoeia. And he's like a pseudo chemist, but he's very, very up dialed in on, on kind of four main psychedelics that are being used commercially uh, to treat mental health. And he ended up being the, the number one keynote 
that was in demand for follow-up meetings. I got flooded with more responses for Hamilton than anybody else. Um, and honestly, that's like, it's the best part of the job, right? Is, you know, every morning I get to spend a few hours just digging through content, you know, finding things that pique my interest because I know if, if suddenly I'm becoming consumed by something, I know many other people are, you know, I'm not creating the trends. I'm just, I'm just catching on to them. So, um, yeah, it's awesome. Lots of fun. No kidding. Yeah. And, and where do you look for these or where, where's your eye at? Where are you going to next? Yeah, it's uh, all over the map. You know, I subscribe to tons of newsletters, listen to lots of podcasts. Um, if you have a voracious appetite for learning and just like to discover new things, then the conference business is a good business. <laughs> Very cool. Now let's talk about some of the events. Cantech is, I mean, uh, one of your, your cornerstones, but you're doing some other exciting things. Let's talk about them. It's always changing. We, we have a few flagship events like the Vancouver Resource Investment Conference, the Cantech Investment Conference. And, you know, after four, five, six years, you become quite confident in the future of the event. But as you know, Corey, in the small cap space, things can change in, in six months, you know. And so what we do this year doesn't necessarily dictate what we're going to do next year. Right now, I have conferences in Vancouver, in San Francisco, in Toronto, in Las Vegas. Uh, but we've been all over Southern California, Washington, Montreal, Calgary, you know, the list goes on and um, it's really up to us to forecast as accurately as we can where there's going to be interest in which sectors, right? We used to have a booming mining conference in Calgary and another one in Toronto. Uh, since 2013, there hasn't really been the interest and I think it's going to come back, but it hasn't come back yet. Uh, and so it's, you know, you, you want to put the right opportunities in front of the right investors, and so, you know, I, I love Vancouver as an investment city. It's, it's, you know, it's a strong retail audience. They take big risks. They're comfortable investing early stage. You know, they get a variety of industries, right? We've got mining. It's, it's been decades of us understanding the mining sector, but more recently, you know, very thoroughly uh, involved in the cannabis sector, launching new industries in the tech space. Um, and it's just a very active and curious investment community in Vancouver. So I love it for that reason, because we can put companies in Vancouver that are, are far more early stage, far uh, less defined than we can in other cities. You know, um, Toronto is a bit of a different market, right? It's, it's Bay Street. It's bigger money. And um, generally speaking, we need companies to have a bit more of a solid foundation before we'll put them in Toronto. And we don't have like quantifiable metrics that say this company qualifies, this one doesn't, because... You know, I've got 600 or so small cap clients and I'll never know any one of those deals as well as the CEO does. So it's their discretion, but, but uh, we definitely have to play to that market for sure. When I look at our markets and I mean, Toronto is a part of it, but you do make a good, good point. Bay Street tends to, uh, to invest in higher level deals and the, the West Coast uh, being Vancouver and I'd like to say Calgary or you know, Western Canada, we have a very interesting ecosystem when it comes to public venture capital and venture deals. And it's really interesting to see the international interest come in more and more. And I, I think we can partially thank the cannabis space for reviving that. But that's, uh, you know, it's a big part of, of what I'm looking to champion is the fact that we have this incredible ecosystem for, for raising capital and, uh, and, and building companies. That said, I'm going to take this into a question. That is the companies that, invest in your conferences who stands out and what do they do best compared to perhaps others who uh who participate but could do better things than others yeah that's a great question and um 
you know, sometimes luck's on your, or time is on your side, right? And you're, you're, you know, one of the first companies uh, building something cool in the blockchain space. And it happens to be September, 2017. And you're the bell of the ball because of circumstance, right? And you got there first and investors are, are really keen to hear what you have to say. Um, but it, it's far bigger than that. You know, it's what I recommend to companies engaging in trade shows is that it's not a passive form of advertising, right? And it's not enough to rely on your financial statements to tell your story, right? You're, you're live, you know, and, and there's a few things that every company should know, I think, because I've been to 30 conferences a year for the last, uh, seven, eight years, and I've seen it done right. And I've seen it done poorly. And, and it's not rocket science. There's a really simple formula to make yourself stand out. Often it's the first impression of you getting in front of shareholders or prospective shareholders. And so, um, I mean, things I recommend are that location matters, right? Uh, have a, if you're going to book into a conference, have a look at the floor plan prior to, to making that phone call and, and try to find some key features like, you know, is there a food court or speaker hall entrance? Like find out where the high volume areas are going to be and, and get in there. And if you ask for those locations, you'll probably get them almost all conferences book on a first come first serve basis. You know, there's generally first read or refusal for renewed companies, but but, um, you know, getting there first, being proactive with your selection, ask the company where's the best spots and then ask them why. Like, why do you recommend here? Why do you recommend there? Get options. It's worth taking a look at that. Um, location, 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 hey? 100%. It's like a two-day pop-up shop, right? You're, that's It's retail, man. That's what it is. And, yep. and uh, it, it does make a difference. Um, you know, beyond that, like... <laughs> You're, you're representing your culture and, and the energy of your company. And so uh, I always tell companies, the more people you can bring, the better. And that can be somewhat cost prohibitive. If you're based in Vancouver and you're doing a show in London, it doesn't always work, but you can always hire on the ground temp staff. The reason is that if I'm walking past the booth, there's going to be a different level of energy at each uh, exhibit. And, and that's going to catch my eye and engage me, right? Um, and I love it when I see a company that showed up and they've got, you know, five, six people in their booth and they're positioned smartly. They've thought about the strategy, right? They've got maybe the executives inside and, and, and some, uh, some investor relations representatives standing out in the corners and in the aisle. Uh, they look professional. They're well organized. And when you look inside, you're like, there's, you know, there's, it's almost like a mini party in there. The energy's high. Everyone's engaged. They're on their feet and they're working, right? Um, you know, branding matters. Consider how you look. Like, you don't have to go all out with uniforms and everything. I don't recommend that, but consider your appearance because it's the first impression that people are going to notice. And, and are you dialed? Does the, whatever decos you've got in the booth, if it's just your booth setup, your pop-up banners, your tablecloth, your maybe some company swag, but it's, it's important to consider, you know, how you look. And then, you know, it's, unfortunately it seems, you know, budgets are always such a concern for, for small cap companies and understandably, right. Mm. Uh, when when approaching these things, have you seen companies be able to do a, a bang up job on a, on a shoestring budget? One hundred percent. And what's that look like? Yeah, it's that difference between being on your feet and engaging with everybody. You know, people may only walk past your booth once, and um, too frequently, I'll walk up and down an aisle and I'll see a company with one or two people just sitting down on their iPhones, right, in a busy aisle in front of them, and uh, and. That. It, you know, I'm not going to tell anybody how to run their business, but um, it's a finite amount of time. You've got two days. It's my job to pack it full of investors. If I've done my job, you know, it's, it's your job to communicate with them. And uh, it's it's actually quite frustrating when we see a client that's just 
absolutely disengaged, you know, on their, on their iPhone sitting back. Um, I'm not quite sure, you know, what, what the approach was. Um, you, you don't have to spend a boatload. You don't have to build infrastructure. You don't have to do that stuff. It's got to be approachable. It's a, it's a conversation platform. That's what we have. And, and if you're willing to step up and just introduce yourself and shake as many hands as possible, that's what you should do. Is there more to that formula or the strategy that you, that goes beyond the presence there? How else can, uh, can companies make the most of these, these events? The foundation is the trade show. And when an investor walks in, that's what they see. Uh, but the more conversations that I can curate and coordinate, the better. And so, uh, you know, we assemble features like we have our conference deal room. And this was something we launched about three years ago. It's, it's essentially just a one-on-one meeting concierge in the middle of our floor. And it, it became, or it started as a bit of a sideshow. And now it's become a conference within our conference. You know, at the Vancouver Resource Show in January, we had over 1,500 one-on-one meetings booked between issuers and investors. And, uh, and we don't charge for this service, right? It's, it's complimentary. Anybody who books a trade show booth gets a login prior to the conference. They can peruse the menu of investors who have signed up, send out requests for meetings. Um, what blows my mind is that, so, so you know, the, the list of investors that signs up is always quite healthy. We ensure that. Uh, we market this fiercely to our investor population to make sure the investors are signing up and are engaged to maximize their time. In addition to that, we have a, a kind of a private investment club. I, I call it the Pangea Club. And this is like a hosted investor program at each event we're actually hosting maybe a dozen to two dozen investors from all over the world, you know, and we fly them in, we take care of their accommodation because I know that they're super active in the small cap space and I want them at as many of my shows as possible, meeting with as many of my clients and they're on that list and all a company has to do uh, prior to the show is log on, peruse the list and send out requests and if there's certain people you want to get to know, call us, that's what we're there for. We're there to make those introductions. Uh, what blows my mind is that we maybe have 70% engagement uh, at our events with um, on the issuer side. And so it's, you know, it, that's what I would say is take advantage of any of the add-ons that are available to you because, um, you know, there's often services like that, that, that we stick out and, and uh, the more you put in, the more you get out. It's, it's the same. Well, why do you think that is? I mean, you, it's, it, it's a big investment to be there and you've got these tools I yep. imagine, like you say, you market them heavily and you want these, it's in your best interest to make sure everyone's engaged. But what, what are companies missing when they, uh, when they don't engage at that level? Well, there's probably a number of reasons. And I mean, it could be as simple as prior to the show, your schedule was jammed and you missed a bunch of emails and didn't get around to it. That's, you know, probably happens frequently. Um, and in addition, though, you know, Corey, in our sector, there's so many passive advertising options, right? Where you sign up for a campaign, they write some articles, they send out some emails and post some banner ads and you don't have to do anything, right? You just write the check and hopefully your story is told. And, uh, and conferences are not passive like that. Um, you know, it's, it's in your best interest to, to be active and, and, and step forward and, and, you know, have those conversations. But, but I, it could be that, you know, there's so many passive advertising options in the industry that that's the, the practice people are used to. I get you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's no doubt that they, it can be such a powerful tool. But I think, uh, as you say, it's two days of going hard and, and uh, being approachable. I didn't actually think about location. I mean, if you're really going to do it, do it right. Um, any other final points there that you think 
potential companies can make the best out of those conferences. Uh, you know, Amir Adnani is a CEO who comes to mind right away. And whether Amir has news coming out or not, he goes all in at these events. He takes advantage of every opportunity. He's in the deal room all day long. Um, you know, he books speaking sessions so he can be on stage driving traffic back to his booth. Um, prior to the show, uh, you know, his companies, whether it's UEC or, you know, they're sending out promotion, inviting their shareholders to come down to the conference and meet with them so they can connect again. Um, and, uh, you know, he's very strategic when he, when he books into a conference, his campaign starts, uh, a month or two prior to his presence. And the presence is like, he's run off his feet at the end of the two days. He doesn't stop, you know, and as a result, he does very, very well. He's almost become, uh, like a keynote draw for us. When Amir's on stage, the room's always jammed. And like I said, whether or not the price is up, uh, it's him, you know, he's, he understands that and, uh, and works very, very hard at it. So there's always examples like that. You can see at our conferences, people that have got it figured out and, uh, and do an amazing job. That's awesome. Okay. I mean, that, that, uh, I think that's a really good way to sum it up. And just for, uh, for clarity, uh, what's, which companies is Amir, uh, leading right now? Uh, uranium energy corp and, uh, uranium royalty corp. Okay. Hey, sorry if I put you on the spot. <laughs> no, it's all good. Awesome. Do you have any specific CEOs or speakers who really stand out for you? And, and perhaps more, more the CEOs than, uh, some of your, out of industry speakers, what CEOs really stand out for you? Yeah. Um, you know, Amir right away comes to mind, uh, as somebody who is incredibly persistent with his agenda, uh, and he's fierce, uh, with his pitches. You know, when you hear, um, him speak, you, you want to buy in, you know, he's a great salesman in addition. Um, you know, individuals that I'm quite close to in the sector, I work very closely with, with Marin Katusta. He's been a mentor of mine for, last three, four years, four or five years. Um, and uh, I've taken a lot of my investment philosophy from him. Uh, you know, in the tech space, guys like Scott Larson, uh, an amazing entrepreneur, founded Earthcast, founded Helios Medical. Uh, he's about to launch a new projects that we're all going to hear about very soon in Vancouver in, in the ride sharing industry. Uh, in the tech sector, he's one guy that, that all, I need, all I need to know is that Scott's involved and, uh, and I'm in, right? And we all know there's, you know, there's, some real heavyweights, people like Ross Beattie and Friedland. And, and yes, if you know, they're launching a new projects for sure. I'm paying attention, but I'm more interested in what Jordan Trimble is doing, right? A younger CEO who's maybe 31 years old, um, you know, hasn't had a colossal win yet, but I am absolutely certain he's going to. And is that Delta nine? Uh, Sky Harbor resources. Oh, excuse me. Sky Harbor. Okay. And, uh, you know, I've been a shareholder of his for probably seven years. Um, and it, it's, you know, what I like about Jordan isn't necessarily uranium, you know, that's what Sky Harbor, but it's not, that's not why I invested in Jordan. It's, it's because of Jordan and you have a conversation with him. You, you find out how he's built himself up and surrounded himself with incredible mentors. Like he's, he's forward thinking, he's thinking long-term in this industry. You know, he's looking for a 40 year career in, in the capital markets and, and his network reflects that, right? He's got a stable of mentors that have done it right and that are now mentoring him. And that's what I'm betting on. So, um, yeah, Steve DeJong, uh, Brian Pace Braga, another guy that, you know, you just, you want to be close to, you want to watch what he's doing. Um, captivating CEOs, amazing entrepreneurs. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like you say, great stage presence. And when, uh, you know, to reflect on Amir, for example, you say he gets up on stage and he's got a, 
that presence or that power, you know, and, and is, is selling, right? I think yes. it's oftentimes uh, CEOs underestimate and, and underprepare for getting on the podium and, and giving a room a, a pitch. I mean, you got to sell. I've seen Amir screaming at the audience from the podium. <laughs> he yells, you know, it's very, uh, he's very energized. That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. And then if that's one of the things that came to mind is, and we touched on it briefly, um, you know, what, what are you doing pre-show? And then what are you doing post-show? You know, the conference is a two-day period and there's lots of opportunity there. But, you know, two weeks in front of our events, the keynote speakers are putting out content, promoting their appearance. They want to fill the room. And every once in a while, companies act like that too. And it shows, you know, when they yep. get on stage, the city's heard about it, right? Uh, their booths are booked, right? Their meetings are booked um, because they've been thinking about this for a month prior. It wasn't just the show's on the 22nd. Okay, so we'll get our stuff together on the 21st and then we'll wrap up on the 24th. We'll go on to the next thing. It's okay. Then did you follow up with those leads, right? Like, man, all right. You've got the pre kind of the, the preparation for the conference. And then you've got the, you, you've talked about the strategy of being at the conference, just maximizing those couple of days. What about post-conference? What are you seeing companies are doing best and, and what should they be doing? Uh, yeah, the, the follow-up campaigns are hyper important and often the most neglected, um, which, which makes sense, right? If you uh, just just exhibited at a two-day event and there was a day of setup, you know, and, and evening receptions, you're probably quite exhausted and, and um, want to take some time off or just have a quiet day in the office. But, uh, you know, we, we do our best to really build up the material companies can share after the events. Everything that happens on our stage, for example, is filmed, recorded, great quality, uh, you know, and companies get a copy of every presentation they give. Um, we post this, you know, to our video channel. You know, we've got close to 60,000 subscribers that watch this content, but uh, I'm surprised how many companies choose not to share it uh, independently, and I recommend they do, right? Send this out to your email list. Uh, take all the content we created uh, together at the conference, whether it was a panel discussion or a uh, solo presentation and distribute this, right? Put your, put your shoulder behind it. Um, you know, the leads that are generated uh, often won't be the proactive uh, part of the relationship, right? It's, it's shocking how frequently um, I'll connect with, you know, an investor post-show who was in our deal room taking meetings and they'll mention a specific company to me and say, you know, I, I met with this company and, and the story was actually quite compelling. Uh, but it's been two weeks. I gave him my card. He hasn't called me, right? Uh, and so, you know, it's uh, you got to build that into your strategy. The, the, the show itself, certainly. Uh, the pre-show, equally important. And, you know, if you look at our, our content, like our keynote roster two weeks prior to our event, um, look these guys up. They're, they're heavily marketing their appearance, all of our keynotes. They're on Twitter, Instagram, um, LinkedIn, Facebook, email campaigns, writing articles about what they're going to talk about. Because um, they're, they know, they know they're in the promotion game, and and uh, they're doing their best to market their appearance. And every once in a while, you know, we see a public company CEO treat their appearance the same as if they were a keynote, and it shows. You know, uh, two three weeks prior to the event, they're distributing content, they're sending out press releases to let people know what time and when they're going to be speaking and what booth number they're in. And then uh, it's very easy to pick these companies out at the conference because when they're on stage, the room is packed. And the traffic at their booth is heavy, um, you know. And then, yeah, it's about leveraging all those new conversations post show. It's a lot of work, right? Uh, to take that stack of business cards and, and and email addresses and follow up, but it's it's one hundred percent critical. 
perhaps this is, uh, I don't want to be putting work on your, your plate, but do you have resources in and around there of a, you know, a best practices playbook? Uh, you know, we do, we, we, prior to an event, we'll send out, you know, exactly that, right. It's, it's, uh, it's, it's kind of the four things I mentioned, um, you know, how best, how best to execute day of, uh, more people is better. Consider your, your, your coordination when it comes to, uh, decoration and branding. Um, you know, uh, choose, choose gimmicks over swag. I say, no one needs another branded pen, but if you've got some sort of an activity in your booth that will engage people, I recommend that, um, you know, sign up for the deal room, book these meetings, do it now, get in there first, right? Make sure your schedule's jammed. Another question, and this is more of a, on a personal side, you get a really interesting perspective into these companies. And along the same vein of the CEOs who present uh, incredibly well and leave an impact, what about the ones that you see and you personally invest in? Uh, what do you look for? Yeah, it all comes down to the entrepreneur for me um, every single time. It doesn't matter what the industry is doing. If it's, if it's popping and the sector looks good and the company's got this exciting story, uh, I want to know who's going to make the decision when things get really challenging and how do they act. And what the conference business does, uh, and I'm super fortunate I get this perspective, but anybody can that attends, is you get to see how individuals perform in a crowd, uh, how they perform during excitement. And, you know, it, it's kind of maybe silly, but I, I honestly look for who's, Who's leaving the reception at, at 10 p.m. after they've had a bunch of conversations and I look at who they're talking to and who's shutting the bar down at 3 o'clock, right? And that stuff matters to me, right? I, I do want to work with professionals. Um, and so I notice, you know, who's at the coffee shop uh, outside the conference at 7 a.m., uh, meeting with the keynote speaker, meeting with investors, maximizing the, the opportunity while somebody's in town. Um, behavior does speak volumes to me in the conferences where you get to see that on display because probably what you see is generally what happens, you know, outside of the room as well, right? Mm-hmm. What an interesting perspective there. Yeah, that uh, how they're conducting themselves there, the intensity they have uh, there would very likely represent the same intensity of what they do with their business. Fascinating. Jay, is there anything else you'd like to share? You, you work in a very interesting space and have some great experiences. Is there anything else you'd like to share? Well, I'd share a couple of new projects we're, we're working on, and one specifically that I'd, I'd love to create more awareness for is the Pangea Club. And the Pangea Club is has become like Cambridge House's private investing club. But what this really is is, you know, we look at the investors that attend our events throughout the year, and if we put twenty five thousand people through conferences every year, there's a small percentage of that that are either you know, super high net worth or super active in the small cap space, um, or maybe just investors that I like spending time with, to be honest with you. But we, we, we build them into our Pangea club and, and they become a hosted investor at future events. We fly them out, we take care of their accommodation, we curate their meeting schedules so they can look at the list of issuers and handpick, or they can say, you know, I'm, I'm only looking for uh, deals in the virtual reality space, or I'm only looking for uh, lithium deals or whatever it is, and we'll handpick and make some nominations. Um, and it's tons of fun. You know, we, we have club events. We have a, a club conference in Vegas in June. It's coming up in a few weeks. Uh, it's only open to, to members of the Pangea Club, and we fly them all to Vegas. We've handpicked about 40 companies from all over, junior mining, cannabis technology, um, for these guys to have a look at. But it's an international crowd. That's where the name Pangea comes from. Uh, I've got investors from as far away as Argentina and Frankfurt, and as close as Vancouver, but 
but uh, we're always looking for new candidates. Uh, you know, it's not a, it, it grows slow because the nature of the, the club is built on personal relationships. Anybody uh, that attends is, you know, had dinner with myself or my VP, Steve. Um, you know, I know uh, the CEOs of a lot of their holdings and have done our diligence. So it's, uh, it's an intimate group. Um, but we're always looking for new candidates, uh, for sure. So it's, it's, a, it's a lot of fun and one of my main focuses right now. That, that does sound exciting. And that explains the, the Vegas Preferred Club as one of your upcoming events. Something else we didn't touch on, but I'm curious about and like to hear your points on is the extraordinary future, 2019. Out of everything we do right now, I'm most optimistic about the growth of that conference. Um, it's the conference I wanted to build in 2012. And, you know, I really wanted to crack the tech sector uh, back then and, and really wanted to do it in Vancouver. Uh, you know, in 2012, we were a junior mining investment conference company. We had 10 junior mining. Uh, it's crazy to say that, but we had 10 junior mining investment conferences. This is right before or during you know, the, the junior mining crash. Um, uh, but tech looked interesting and, and I wanted to build it in Vancouver, but after doing some diligence and hooking up with um, my existing business partner on the Cantec conference, Nick Waddell, he talked me into going to Toronto first and he ended up being right. It was definitely the, the better location back then, but um, things have changed and Vancouver was ready for this show a couple of years ago. So uh, we launched it in 2017. Um, and this is, you know, it's, it's a couple things. It's, it's a bit of a hybrid. It's an investment conference first. It's two days, uh, you know, a lot of small cap focused content, uh, company presentations and, and investment gurus. Um, what this conference allows us to do is open up topics that don't have a market yet. Uh, you know, we were talking about esports before there was a venture esports deal. Um, you know, we're talking about psychedelics before this is a psychedelic deal. And now there's a handful, uh, which is great because, you know, and, and this year we're doing major features on, um, technologies like, 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 uh, you know, uh, CRISPR-Cas9 genome editing, uh, biohacking, cognition enhancement, uh, lots of health tech focused content that I find to be super enticing. Uh, and I think there's markets that are, you know, one or two years down the road, um, coming, um, so this event does two things, right? It connects the, the innovation sector with capital and, and investors with new opportunities in the innovation space. And then secondly, puts a bunch of, of technology on display that will impact our lives in the next you know, 10 years, kind of immediately. Um, it's a ton of fun to build this conference. Uh, I love it. And um, we're back in Vancouver, September 22nd and 23rd at the convention center. That sounds awesome. What, what a neat note to, uh, I think, wrap up our interview here on. And um, Jay, thanks so much for taking your time. Thanks for sharing uh, some of the experiences and then also some of the how-to tips. Yeah, I really appreciate it. Thank you, Corey. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Insider's Guide to Finance. If you enjoyed what you heard, please share this with your friends and colleagues so they can benefit as well. You can also subscribe and leave a review on iTunes or the Play Store. Your support there is really appreciated. For future episodes, if there's a question, topic, or specific person you'd like me to interview, feel free to reach out. You can connect with me on LinkedIn or through my website at creativereturn.ca.